a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. sources. Behind-the-scenes experience in Washington and around Around the the world. world. Here's the opinion page editor of the Deseret News, Boyd Boyd Matheson, on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome back, everyone. This is the extended edition of Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. Hope you're having a great Friday. We'll be with you all the way till 3 o'clock today when we'll pass the mic off to the great Jeff Kaplan, who'll get you home safe and smart. Uh, as always, we want to hear what's going on on in your mind, in your world. So shoot us a text on the Utah Community Credit Union text line, 57500. Again, 57500. Uh, as always, immigration continues uh, to be a real challenge and a real debate. Uh, here in the United States of America in terms of what needs to happen. Uh, and I think there is a uh, an argument that we're completely missing, and it's not an argument at all. It's a discussion around compassion and rule of law and that those are compatible principles. And uh, the interesting thing is the, the crisis at the border is, is both one of a failure of government uh, in terms of process, and then we have this you know refugee crisis, uh, and and asylum seekers are coming to the border as well. Uh, I'm really excited to have on the line with us uh, Erica Evans from the Deseret News, who literally just landed and came back to Utah from the border. And uh, Erica, we appreciate you joining us as you come back here uh, to Utah on a Friday. Yeah, it's good to be back and uh, happy to talk to you. <laughs> Uh, so, so tell us your experience there. You spent a couple of days down there. Tell us where you were and uh, give us some of the things that you saw. So I was in Laredo, Texas, which is across from Nuevo Laredo, Mexico. And, uh, you know, these cities and other border cities are basically a, a test kitchen for recent policy changes at the border. And it's fascinating to see how over the past month, uh, since the Remain in Mexico policy was implemented there, for example, just how much things have been in flux, how much things have changed week to week, day to day. Some things have gotten better, some things have gotten worse. Oh, it's uh, it's such an, an interesting thing there. Um, one of the things that, that I think everyone maybe haven't paid enough attention to is, as it relates to the humanitarian crisis at the border, uh, that you have a lot of religious groups uh, of all faiths uh, who are trying to fill the gaps uh, where the government can't. And it's it's really stretching and taxing those organizations. Uh, tell us what you saw in relation to that. Well, yeah, due to the Remain in Mexico policy, asylum seekers are having to wait in Mexico instead of um, being released into the United States to wait their court date. And, um, you know, on the Mexican side of the border, resources are scarce. There are not really safe places uh, for these people to stay, and they're waiting weeks, months. Um, uh, You know, 
subject to kidnappings. Uh, you know, they don't have a lot of money for things like food and soap and just basic, basic things. Um, and I think there's sort of this attitude um, that, you know, it's on the Mexican side of the border. That's not our responsibility, but, you know, it's our policies that are causing them to be staying there. Um, and so there are really no official source of aid from the United States. Um, getting things across the border is very, very tricky. Um, and then once you have resources on the other side of the border, uh, it becomes a lightning rod for cartels who might, you know, come in and um, want to take a cut of that. So uh, these religious groups in Laredo, Texas, uh, I talked to several organizations who are getting aid across the border in small shipments. Um, they're basically sneaking this stuff across in the back of their trunks um, on a weekly basis to try and get whatever help they can to these people who are suffering. And um, I, I just think it's so brave that, that they're doing this and they're taking it upon themselves because I mean, there is no official government source of aid. There's no official, um, you know, big organizations who are funding these shelters in Mexico. It's, right. it's piecemeal. It's individuals who are making it happen. Yeah. If you're just joining us, we have Erica Evans from the Deseret News uh, with us on the line. She just returned from Laredo, Texas. And uh, you were mentioning the, the Remain in Mexico policy and noted that there's been 30,000 migrants that have sent been sent back to Mexico under that policy uh, back in July. And, and as there's this gap in terms of having food and just some of those necessities that often it is a religious organization that steps in to try to help and bridge that gap. Uh, but that's also led to some things. Again, many of these uh, border cities, there is a, a real presence of organized crime. Uh, we know that there was a pastor that was kidnapped uh, there at the border, Pastor Mendez. Uh, tell us more about what you saw as it relates to what is the risk uh, of these religious organizations and and how are they grappling with it all? Right. Um, So I think, yeah, we hear a lot of, um, you know, complaints about the detention centers on the U.S. side of the border. I mean, what we're seeing at these shelters in Mexico is is a whole different level. I mean, um, you know, in the shelter where I visited, people are just sleeping on, you know, dirty mats on the concrete, um, you know, 30 people in one tiny room. Um, it's, it's hot. Uh, there's like barely running water. Um, they're not given food, you know, they have to go and buy it themselves. And when they go out of the shelter to get food, then they're at risk of the cartels. And, um, you know, there are thugs that control this town, Nuevo Laredo, and they prey upon migrants because they're easy targets. Um, and what they'll do is they'll take them hostage and demand that their families pay a ransom. And that, that's a business for them. That's a source of income. And so anybody who's um, trying to aid the migrants uh, could be a target as well. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, the people I, I talked to were very, very sensitive about, you know, we can't tell you who exactly is working with us to get the food and the stuff across um, because People's lives are seriously at risk. Yeah. Uh, so just we have just a minute left, uh, Erica, and I, I wanted you to be able just to to share just that feeling as a free American citizen uh, as you cross that border uh, into Mexico and were there for a little while before you uh, came back across. Uh, what does that What does that feel like uh, coming from a society that's free and and mostly fair? And uh, what does that feel like? 
Oh, wow. I mean, it was an eye-opening experience. I spent about six hours in Mexico. Um, the whole time I was very on edge. Um, we followed a group of migrants from um, being released from the immigration processing, uh, trying to make their way to the shelter. And um, from what I understand, even that short walk, it's about six to eight blocks, um, you know, they often get picked up. They often don't make it to the shelter. Um, so we were following them in a car while they walked, and, um, you know, you could just feel the tension. They are doing their best to blend in, but, you know, people can tell right away that they're migrants. Um, and, you know, eyes forward, just walking quickly, trying to get where they need to go. Um, uh, you know, it's so hot there. I mean, we spent a lot of time outside, and I was just so sweaty and exhausted by the time that I got back to the Texas side, and, you know, it just felt so good to take a shower in my hotel and and that's when it really hit me like they don't get to leave they don't get to go to a hotel at the end of the day and and wash off and and have that relief like this is that's their life all the time and you know and for as long as they are trying to stay in Nuevo Laredo that is um you know the stress that they're gonna feel yeah Wonderful. Well, Erica Evans, we appreciate you spending time. Give us that insight. Uh, again, at the border for a few days, just got back here to, to Utah, an extraordinary article on Deseret.com. Uh, take a look at that. It humanizes and personalizes and gives us a, a lot of things to think about as it relates to the border. Erica, thanks for joining us today. Thanks so much for having me. All right, we're going to step aside. When we come back, we'll have James Walner, our favorite expert from Washington, D.C., join us to talk about what's happening and what could happen in the United States Senate after Labor Day. Stay with us. We're right here on KSL News Radio. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent. It was senseless and I will never understand it. I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson and unfortunately we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.